Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Welcome back to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Today we're doing episode 2. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm Andrew. I'm Matt. Uh, today we're going to review disc one of Shenmue. We each played through disc one. Uh, we each took th- uh, two pages of notes. Looks like mine are more tightly packed, though, than yours. <laughs> yeah, I've got, way, I've got a lot. You packed so many notes in there. <laughs> I, I'm a veteran of taking notes <laughs> for podcasts. Uh, I've got a Twin Peaks podcast, and a Deadwood podcast, and a General Video Games podcast, and a Defenders podcast, and a Briscoe County Junior podcast, and I've been on X-Files podcast. I do a lot of podcasting, folks. Um, anyways, back to Shenmue. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about Disc 1, but first, uh, you wanted to talk about the reactions that we had to the announcement of Shenmue 3 when that happened in 2015, didn't you? Yeah, um... I think both of us had, uh, from what you've kind of told me so far, and we haven't really full-blown disclosed to each other uh, our full reaction stories. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, Every year, I get excited for E3. Um, Every year, my buddy would be like, since I've known him since I was in college, would kind of, hey, you know, don't get too excited about Shenmue 3. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be announced. Deep and in your heart, you knew that, but you still hoped. No, I always hoped. I, <laughs> I knew it would be announced at some point in time. I never gave up hope. Really? And uh, I always just had, you know, kind of this this hope. And every year, obviously, I was disappointed. Um, Saga would, you know, every once in a while throw up a teaser site. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, oh, this is for Football Manager 2009 or something. Mm-hmm. Um that's true, though. Every year it didn't get announced. I would be like, "This is if they don't do it this year, it's never happening, and I'm not going to get my hopes up anymore. And then every year I did. <laughs> yeah, I uh, every year I got, I got my hopes up, and obviously every year I was disappointed. But then, <laughs> so this year, or I guess E3 2015 was when yeah, it was announced. a whole year away. Yeah. Um, over that. <laughs> I everyone saw that fake Shenmue thing from Square Enix, um, or apparently from Square Enix, where it had the picture of the jacket and the the cherry tree petals falling. I think I saw some some guys like detailed blog post about how he forged that that image. I don't know why he chose to stick it on Square Enix. That just makes it dubious. <laughs> I think the Square Enix thing wrote came from uh, they had done Sleeping Dogs though. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of and that's that's where my head was with it mm. was hey this could be legit. Uh, turned out it wasn't legit, but boy were we in for a surprise. So again this year uh, or that twenty three E three twenty fifteen. I thought it was I was hopeful as I was every year. Um, something felt different about that year though, and then. Two things. Yu Suzuki uh, tweeted that picture of the forklift, and the what was the other one? Um, there was a domain register. The domain register mm-hmm. uh, for the increased traffic that they thought they would get. Mm-hmm. 
and the last couple years, I had asked my wife to to watch E3 with me, and I was like, you know what, dear, this, honey, this year it's gonna be it's gonna be different. I need you to hold my hand if that happens. <laughs> so, so I have it up on the up on the uh, big screen in her basement. I had the laptop hooked up to it, and I'm in one chair on the right side of the room. She's in the chair on the left side of the room, and sure enough, that press conference starts the Sony one, the conference of dreams, <laughs> and uh, the was it Sean Layton. Uh, at the start, gets into... I think it was Sean Layton. Might have been. Are you talking about who actually announced it? No, at the very start when they did the... It was probably Sean Layton. He's the president. Yeah, Sean Layton when he started talking about the long-awaited game. And my wife immediately just stares daggers at me. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> and then they said companionship and friendship. And I immediately knew that it was going to be Last Guardian. Yeah. And she just kind of pointed out. She's like, oh, that kind of sucks. And I'm like... It does, but it doesn't, because these people are in the same camp that I am. Not quite they as want, bad, but... <laughs> yeah, not quite as dire, <laughs> but they definitely want uh, they want Shenmue, or they want uh, Last Guardian, because it's been a long-announced game. Yeah. So, press conference goes on and on, uh, then they get to the Final Fantasy part, and they do the Final Fa- World of Final Fantasy trailer, and then Adam Boys. Uh, starts talking about a long-awaited game, and my wife kind of looks over me. And I'm like, "This is Final Fantasy VII remake," <laughs> and she's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "This is another you know huge thing that people, a lot of people, have been clamoring for." Um, I think this is great as well. People are getting what they want, mm-hmm. except for me. <laughs> so they do the Devolver. Uh, spot there, the Devolver Games, mm-hmm. who might quite possibly might have had the worst sandwich oh, I know. <laughs> between two, two announcements in it, because it was just a cool-off period for people. Mm-hmm. And then, boys, back on stage, talking about Kickstarter, and in my mind, I'm like, this is it. This is it. This mm-hmm. is the announcement. And then when he said, this is something that uh, PlayStation fans have been very, very, very vocal about. The minute he did the third very, I'm like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the music hits and I just lose my mind. <laughs> I'm tearing up. I'm just screaming, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. My wife's dying laughing at me because I'm just <laughs> like, a, filmed it. like a big child. <laughs> just, oh, I was so happy. And just prior to the conference, my buddy that had always kind of teased me about it, He's like, man, call me halfway through. You know, we'll talk about the announcement so far because he's a big PlayStation fan as well. Mm. And I was like, yeah. And then my demeanor changed and I got a little cocky. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to call you halfway through. I'm going to call you when Shenmue 3 gets announced. <laughs> and he's like, I'll talk to you halfway through. <laughs> and sure enough, I called him. And I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I didn't even really say words to him other than, oh, my God. Mm. I think that's... I don't even remember the conversation because it was just... I was so 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 hyped up about it. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't like that. I felt like being like that, but it didn't happen to me. I think it's that damn tweet of the of the uh, forklift. Like it just. I'm like, it's happening, isn't it? And then I kind of like mentally prepared myself for it. So when it actually happened, I didn't freak out or anything. Plus, I was watching with a couple of friends online through Skype, and I didn't want to scream in their ears but I was just like I don't even think I said anything if you asked them they'd probably say I was completely silent I was just probably nodding my head <laughs> I was like yep I think this was coming victory is mine yeah but uh I, yeah like inside I felt like Michael Michael Huber from that <laughs> game trailer's reaction video but um <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had a better reaction, but I didn't. But I, I actually thought it was going to be Shenmue HD. I, I didn't think it was Shenmue 3 when they announced, like when it came up. But 
I don't know what I would have preferred. I mean, I still really want Shenmue 3, or Shenmue HD almost as much as I want Shenmue 3. Same here, and I think if Saga doesn't do it, hmm. Shenmue HD is, especially if they're going to get royalties off of Shenmue 3, if they do Shenmue HD, it's a license to print money. Yeah. Not necessarily a lot of money. Enough. But money. And Sony's a publicly traded company, right? So, or, so, excuse me, Sony. Uh, Saga Sammy's a publicly traded company. So, you know, they need to look out for, from a financial standpoint, their investors and shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the product's already made. They just needed, you know, put that HD finish on it. Yeah. Se- Sega's confusing, though. I mean, what bugs me about Shenmue 3 is that it was a never, it was never officially canceled by Sega, so I couldn't just let it go. Like, and it's the same way right now with the English version of Fantasy Star Online 2. It was supposed to come out in 2012, and it still hasn't come out, and they still haven't officially cancelled it. The English website's still up, hasn't had an update in a long time, never came out. It's just, uh, Sega, like, just cancel the project if it's not coming and let us, press out of our misery. (laughs) Yeah. They, um, I don't know, I would just love, I'd love to see it. Um, and I think it would get, especially... They need to have a reason to do it, and obviously, a lot of fans is is a very good reason. Mm. But you know, at the end of the day, they're a business, yep. and they need to make money, and I respect that. But I would respect it a whole lot more if, if they made Shenmue HD. Yeah, <laughs> make it a bundle deal, put them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a big issue is licensing because uh, you have Coca Cola in the Japanese version, you have Tracker backpacks, you have yeah. But who cares? Just take the licensing out and like they they already did that a little bit with the English version with the Coca Cola. I think the hardest part might be the Timex. Yeah, just change um, the face of the watch, turn the indigo indigo red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's the thing, it's it's not even the branding on the watch, It's that's an actual Timex watch too, so they do need to actually change the whole thing, and uh, say if it were to be ported to PlayStation, they need to redo all the QTEs and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, as long as they have access to that code, which is what I'm worried that they don't, but <laughs> that they like just lost it somehow. But Anyways, uh, should we get into our notes for Shenmue Disc 1? One, yeah, just one more thing I wanted to go over. Okay. Because um, my wife was, obviously, the minute this thing had been announced, and I'm sure you had the same conversation with your wife, mm. how much am I putting into this Kickstarter? <laughs> yeah. um, and the, the and maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode how much we did put in, but um, I just... I'll do it now. I don't care. <laughs> I, uh, I put in 1200 American dollars. <laughs> I put in 700 and... American dollars, and that's like we're in Canada, yeah. and the you know what? It wouldn't have been that bad if our exchange rate wasn't tanking. It w- it was better then. It's worse it was, now. It but was substantially it was better still, then. It was still bad. <laughs> but yeah, it was floating around like eighty, low eighties, I think. Yeah, um, I ended up paying sixteen hundred dollars for those twelve hundred American dollars. Mine worked out to be almost a thousand on the button. Mm. Um, so it must have been high seventies. Yeah, because uh, I spent the seven hundred. 180, I think. Um, but I was having a wedding coming up too, so mm-hmm. I had obviously I had to have this conversation. And I'm glad that my wife got to see my reaction because it helped put this into perspective for her. Yeah. <laughs> and this wasn't something like, "Hey, I really want this game." It's, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, I have a chance to do something cool with this." So I just get to put it in kind of perspective. I, you know, this has been 14 years um, of time. 
So I just kind of compiled a list of things that have happened in my lifetime <laughs> between <laughs> Shenmue 2 being released and when this one will, uh, Shenmue 3 will be released. So, graduated high school, graduated college, graduated university. Uh, I work in the insurance industry and I've managed to get three separate designations. I've gotten engaged, I've gotten married, bought my first car, already replaced that car, <laughs> bought my first house, I've already had to renew my mortgage, I've become an uncle, uh, currently three times and soon to be five, my uh, <laughs> sister-in-law's having twins, and Trump has been elected president. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. This is truly the worst timeline. Um, <laughs> All those are the same for me, basically, except for the high school. I was already out of high school by the time uh, Shenmue 2 came out, I think. No, like, well, you graduated about a year ago, maybe. Oh, one or oh two? Uh, uh, 2000. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you that much older than me. Mm. That's old. No, I am. <laughs> uh, anything else before we get into the review here? I think we are good. So let's uh, flip through our notes here. Okay. So let's just kind of, you say a point, I say a point, I guess. Sure. And mine aren't, like, some, I mean, they're in chronological order, but some stuff I thought of later that happens earlier as I was playing later, it's, they're scattershot notes. Um, but for the most part, they'll be in chronological order. Um, so my first uh, note is that uh, the attract scene at the beginning where you don't press anything at the menu with Shenhua and the, the hawk or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw that for the first year or two that I owned the game. I didn't realize it was a thing. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I've seen it lots now, but it took me a while to even find that. Like, I just always press start right away. Uh, two things that I didn't find. The uh, store in Yamanose. I was on, like, the convenience store. I was on, like, my third or fourth playthrough before I even recognized that it was there. The tomato convenience store? Nope, the one in Yamanose. Oh, the uh, the little one. Yeah. I didn't know about that. That old lady, yeah. And well, the um, door the door doesn't scream at you, yeah. No, it it, it looks like a wall. It blends in. (laughs) And the not this playthrough, but the one before, which is just probably about a month and a half ago, um, the other ways into Dubuida. I always go st- the straight road through Yamanose. You turn left at at the store. Yeah, and then yeah. turn, then take the right right after yeah. it. I like that. I like that right hand path because it's like a little nature walk almost. It looks like. And the when you when you do get into Dubuida from that direction, like you're in this weird area that doesn't have much in it, and you got to go down these steps down towards that little park. But yeah, I just like I like those two separate ways it can go, and it did. I think it did. T- Take me a while to find that second way too. Uh, talking of cutscenes, um, when after so once Rio wakes up and you walk out to the dojo, I love how the camera's behind the tree. Yeah, how it's not just on him; it's set back a bit. You kind of, you know, the the obviously the mirror was under the cherry tree, and you kind of get that view from behind the tree. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I just find it adds something to it so much. Yeah, that was brave of them to do with their low-texture trees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, put the tree in the foreground. Um, I love that it takes place in the 80s, my favorite decade. Um, and the sound of the footsteps when there's no music, like, they're super echoey, and it probably doesn't sound realistic exactly, but I, I do love it. Like, that's just like, 
And uh, are you talking when they're in the yard? Yeah. Well, the footsteps throughout the game, but it, it, in the opening cutscene as well, like specifically, it's like all you hear is the footsteps. Basically, uh, I guess there is a little bit of music, but uh, yeah, when he's stepping on things, uh, like it's different for grass and stone and snow. Yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. Like, I don't, I don't know if there was anything before that that I noticed where it, footsteps were different. Um, I love the, I think it's the second day when you go to sleep, uh, the dream that he has about Londy. Yeah. The that, cinematography and that's fantastic. And the, the lighting makes it, makes it look like the best graphics in the game. Like, I think Londy's model is the best detailed in the game. Like, even more than Rio's. Absolutely. Like, like his face and his clothes. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. It's a shame we don't get to see much more of him. <laughs> Um, what is Ine-san's relation to Ryo? <laughs> I've always just she's assumed, the housemaid. I've always assumed she's a live-in housekeeper, but is she related? Nope, she's a live-in housekeeper. Yeah, I've seen so many people refer to her, her as his mom, but I always, I've always known that's not true. But um, I love <laughs> every single time I play the game, I do the exact same thing. I always go through all the drawers in the dresser first. Yeah, well, I go through all the, dr- all, the, all the drawers in the whole house. house. Yeah. I always um, find stuff you're only supposed to find later. Yeah. Find it early. I get the candles. <laughs> yeah. I get the flashlight. Yeah. What's, um, what's this key in the box? <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you have next? Um, similar to the footsteps, uh, I love the, the echoey sound of the sh- Sega's... It's like a specific sh- Sega thing. It's like this compressed, poor quality s- sound for the voices, but I love it. It's like they still use it in... Um, Dead or Alive, they've got virtual fighter characters in it, and they sound like they came from early 2000s Sega games in Dead or Alive, where everybody else, everybody else is like super uh, clear and crisp, but these virtual fighter characters are just, you know, like they're, ta- they're talking to a tin can almost, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> um, something I think the game does good early on is uh, introducing. Um, the allowance from Ine-san. Mm-hmm. Um, you go out, oh, I must spend this wisely or whatever, and she gives you the envelope on the first day. That's what I was confused about. If she's the live-in housekeeper, why is she paying you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess this must be your inheritance left by your father, so she's just taking her pay out of your inheritance, or, and she's giving you a, a cut of it. I don't know. <laughs> How's that work? <laughs> You pay her extra, and then she gives you some back. <laughs> it's like a tax evasion thing, on <laughs> I don't know. Ine sounds a criminal, people. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, <on> the take. <laughs> so do you think Iwao killed anyone? I do. Yeah? Do you? Probably. Probably in his younger, younger, more uh, reckless days, he killed somebody that Londi cared about. It's probably, like, supposed to be a story of, you know, breaking this cycle of revenge. Basically, that's, that's I think what it's going to end up as. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the drawers, I always take the Saturn out and put it on the TV. Yeah, right away. I love doing that. Although I do, I do wish it wasn't a Saturn. I wish it was Master something System. contemporary. Was Master System out there, or was it the SG One Thousand that would have been in eighty six? I'm not sure. Really, the same thing, aren't they? No, it's. Uh, I think there was like two previous systems to the Master System. One of them is SG-1000. I thought the SG-1000 was just a cheaper version of the made-with-off-the-shelf parts. I could be wrong. I don't think so, but somebody else correct us. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the internet's for. Yeah. Um, one thing, big thing, and I never... 
paid much attention to it, but again, we're playing this to make notes. The letter uh, that was written to Rio mm-hmm. was in the past tense. Yeah, so he like knew he was going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Yep. Or maybe... I mean, everybody dies. Maybe he, t- he intended to keep it uh, until his natural death. I don't know. But, yeah, it, it's possible that he was... No, he, in this. the letter he knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely foresaw what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the mirrors. I was very confused by why they were called mirrors back in the day. Now I know that they're just primitive Chinese, like polished stone mirrors. That's all. You, that's all they used to have for mirrors before glass and uh, reflective glass. So it is a mirror, despite not looking like one. Where's the mirror? <laughs> um, uh, the contrast between Rio and Fukusan, I think, is pretty. What in what way? How Rio's this. More mature, or more more mature seeming, mm. um, life on track, more serious about things. Um, but again, heavy into the martial arts. Mm-hmm. And then Fukusan seems to be kind of—I don't want to say dim-witted, but um, not necessarily the smartest uh, guy. Um, go- kind of goofy looking. Yeah. Um, he has the posters in his room of Virtual Fighter, um, and you know how they're both kind of in the exact same boat. After Iowa's death, right? Mm-hmm. They're both um, there living with Ine-san. Um, they don't have, you know, their martial arts sensei anymore, or instructor, whatever mm-hmm. uh, you want to call him. And I just... And Fuku-san has this fear of, of Ryo leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's fear because he's, you know, worried about what's going to happen to Ryo, or if he's worried about, you know, just being him and Ine-san. <laughs> um do you think Fukusan gets allowance? <laughs> I don't know. He's. I think he's almost ten years older than Rio, so he shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know how he makes a living and why he's still there after his master's dead. But uh, do you have anything else on that? No. Um, so uh, Landi's wrist tattoo, the Chiyu Men tattoo. De- been debating getting that tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> I don't know if I should. Tattoos are a big commitment. <laughs> They are permanent. Life commitment. Do I want to join the Chiu Men for that long? You should join us. I mean, not us. I'm not the Chiu Men. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but every time I play now, I always do all three memories. Yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. The uh, carrots, the, the dojo, tree. and the tree. Yeah. Um, the I think it's weird because I think only one of the memories are actually on the passport disc for the videos. I don't mm-hmm. think all three of them are. Oh, you could replay the memories on the pas- passport disc. One, at least one of them, but I don't think all three are there. Mm-hmm. And that was my on my first playthrough. Um, I kind of tried to get all of the videos in the memory, and I was short a couple. And I looked it up, and one of them, sure enough, was the memory. And I didn't know they existed on my first playthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I found them all myself too, but I think. One of them did take me a while, like many playthroughs before I found it. Can't remember which one that is. Probably either the cherry tree or the. Yeah, it could have been any of them. I mean, you gotta look at carrots, you gotta walk close enough to the tree, or you gotta look at a scroll on the wall, or on the ceiling, almost, basically. Yeah. I really like the cherry fle- cherry tree flash- flashback just because the Rio's little voice actor when he's <laughs> like, hey! <laughs> the elbow. <laughs> And uh, the the yin yang dojo flashback where he's just like spouting nonsense like a friend is nothing but a friend. <laughs> what? 
that was actually my next uh, my next point that I wanted to talk about was that uh, you know talking about keeping friends close in there yeah. and then he says the same thing uh, when he passes away mm-hmm. um, oh another thing about character models the the only thing I don't like about char- character models in Shenmue is the back of the ear is not hollowed out they've got these wedge ears they look so great everywhere except the back of their ears kind of bugs me but it's no big deal <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about, man. Um, first, something that kind of gameplay-wise that happened to me on this try, the very first time I played Dart 7, I got the uh, mini darts prize at the U Arcade. So you, you just get a high score to get that? Yep. Yeah. And I literally, the first time I tried playing darts... There's, like, no rhyme or reason to that darts game, though. It's like, you can't line it. Like, he just goes... He's like he's drunk, and you just have to, like... I don't know, just pure luck. I mean, you have a time limit. You can't wait till he lines it up perfect. You just have to hope that he does. But the thing is, he lines it up perfect every single time. And, like, every, at least during part he, of it? You can hit every single part of that dartboard. Hmm. Every throw. Um, but I'm I'm very, very good at the darts. <laughs> um, and why does Neo darts not get any more love? I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't even, like, in Shenmue 2, it's not even on the, you know, one of the playable games that you can go back and play, and they have, like, seven versions of darts I know. or something. Yeah. Um, having weather in a game this early in, in, uh, in gaming's history was pretty crazy, especially after you beat it and you can use the real historical weather data. That was, it was awesome. I loved u- using that. Do you think it was weird that they made you beat the game? That's such an odd... One of the most odd unlockables in yeah. gaming history. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it should just be an option. It should be, like, magic weather by default. But if you want to have the actual historic weather, yeah, you should have the option right away. Um, one thing that I did find very frustrating in this game, and I usually don't play the casinos a lot in it, mm-hmm. there is no max bet button. Mm-hmm. You are ding da ding da ding da ding da ding every time you want to play five lines. Yeah. And I hate that. <laughs> well, the uh, that's another thing that I didn't find. I think probably the slot house was like the very last thing I the ever discussed. Slot house. Was the very last thing I ever discovered in Shenmue, like like maybe on my fourth or fifth playthrough. I don't know why I was never in that building, <laughs> but when I got in there, I was like, it's so much different from every other part of the game. I was like, whoa, what is this place? What's this music? I love it. <laughs> it's almost like a workout, 80s workout song. <laughs> it is. Uh, speaking of music, the Hazuki Residence music is one of my favorites. Just it's just chill. You could I want that song playing while I'm walking around in my house. <laughs> And there's a picture that he finds of four friends. Him and... I don't know if it's including him or if there's four people besides him that you can find in one of the drawers. Uh, I'm struggling to, to remember like the names of everybody except uh, Nozomi. It's the guy with the yellow jacket and the guy that owns the motorcycle are the yeah. other two. Okay. Yeah. It's just odd that he doesn't spend more time with them in the story. I guess you do have to get the motorcycle from the guy. But the yellow jacket guy, you could just avoid him altogether if you wanted. There is something you can do to get a cutscene with all four of them in the house. Oh, really? Yes. Um, I can't remember. I don't know if Nozomi's there. Uh, but those two guys are there together. Do you have to, like, call them to come over or something? No, you need to do a series of events. Um, I can't remember. There's so much shit in this game that, like, it's rare to see. Oh, yeah, and Shenmue 2, I mean, has 
even more mm. of those series of events things. Yeah. Um, something they do set up very early on in this game, similar to how they do introduce the allowance, the QTE with the soccer ball. Yeah. That QTE means nothing. Mm-hmm. If you miss, that kid gets rocked in the face of the ball or whatever happens. Well, you feel pretty bad. Do <laughs> uh, you though, Matt? <laughs> um, but it, it introduces the QTEs and how they work and kind of, you know, things to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, uh, finding all those tapes, finding the uh, tape recorder, finding batteries, etc. It's all kind of useless because you can't listen to tapes and move around at the same time. Like, you can only listen to tapes in the menu, so I never do it. Like, you can't play music and start walking and listening to the music. I never, that never occurred to me. Yeah, all you can you do... you were always standing still. All you can do is, like, stare at a tape in your menu and listen to it. Like, you should be able to play it, put on the headphones, and have them walk around to the music. That would be nice. Yeah. Did you know you can play them at Tom's Hot Dog Stand? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever won the Boombox? No, I've, I've got horrible luck with the raffles. I, I don't think I've ever won the boombox. Not this playthrough, though, but the last playthrough I did about a month and a half ago, I won both of the Saturn games twice. Wow. <laughs> I had only ever won Space Harrier once before. I'd never won Hang On. I've never won any of them. Uh, I've noticed that you can take, like, everything off of the walls in the house. Like, every picture frame, every wall scroll. And I don't think think there's a reason to do it i don't think there's there's a, there's something behind the wall scrolls in the dojo but in the house i don't think there's anything behind anything i don't think there is either yeah which just it makes it odd that they allow you to move them all but um something i noticed going through uh yamano's air sakura guaka mm-hmm. um wherever the cat is yeah when you walk by the cat meows mm-hmm. to kind of lure you over to, to interacting with Megumi and the cat, Yeah. what did you pick for the name? I usually pick something different every time. I think this time I picked Mimi. I picked Mimi as well. <laughs> which is the Japanese word for ears. Which, uh, uh, if if you pick Mimi, then uh, Megumi's like, oh, because she has big ears, or something like that. And if you didn't know the Japanese word for ears, you I'd probably be lost in you as an English person. But Yeah, I didn't. It makes more sense to me now, because she's like, oh, because of her ears, and I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah, it just sounds like a weird translation thing, kind of like when you buy merchandise in the tomato tomato convenience store, and they're like, especially because you bought merchandise. Especially what? What? Huh? <laughs> What's a... Spe- what do you... Okay. <laughs> um, the sound of the koi pond and that bamboo water spout thing. That's also hypnotic and like just relaxing, and I could listen to that all day. In the yard, yeah, yeah. I've always liked those. That's not a, that's not exclusive to Shenmue, but I mean, just the, the fact that they added that in is really nice for the atmosphere. Um, something I encountered in Dubuita that I never noticed on day two in the big parking lot where you train, mm. it would not allow me to train. I could not... I don't know if it's just you can't train until day three. Oh, maybe. Um, but I never... I don't know if I ever tried to do it before. Mm. Um, but... So you just went in there and nothing happened? Went in there and just ran around in circles. Hmm. Um, having a dojo in your yard, in your backyard, is just like living the dream for me. <laughs> I, I want Rio's house so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, my notes are a little bit random, but <laughs> they're just things I noticed. Um, Gameplay-wise, uh, right when I got to Heartbeats Bar, 
Mm-hmm. I did the QTE outside. Yeah. And I think it's weird that when you do the QTE, they don't automatically put, you don't automatically go inside the bar. Mm-hmm. Because between the QTE and going into the bar, I had to go home because it was too late. Oh, no. <laughs> Just for those, like, ten steps to It the was bar. literally, deet, I think deet, it's, deet, deet, I think deet, it's, deet. yeah, the watch. <laughs> I better get home before Ine-san. Oh, you can't take another ten steps, Rio. <laughs> yeah. I was literally about to hit the uh, A button to open mm, the door. That sucks. Um, another attention to detail that I love is that he takes off his shoes before he enters the home and the dojo. Like, just like they don't seem like much now, but back then, like no game was doing this. Like they don't pay, nobody paid attention to this level of detail, and that's what made this so immersive. Taking off the shoes, watch any television show. Mm. When someone comes into a home, they never take off their shoes. No, but especially in Japan, because it's like a cultural thing. You, you pretty much have to do it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I wrote down uh, Iwao's uh, lesson here. I'm going to die. Keep your friends close. And then, like, Ryo did not take that lesson to heart at all. <laughs> it's like, fuck my friends, basically. Yeah, it- doesn't get the whole Nozomi no. really liking him thing. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't care about those two other guys. Just using him for his motorcycle. Mm-hmm. All the all the music from just walking around. It's called free music in the soundtrack. It's just from all the random. Day, I think there's like ten or eleven or twelve different free music tracks. Those are some of my favorite in the game. Just the the uh, ambient m- music tracks. I like the music when you go outside of the. Like, not outside the house, but outside the property. Mm. Um, on a day when something's supposed to happen, you get the real kind of somber. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Um, one thing I really hope for uh, Shenmue HD is uh, that there's uh, the ability to use both sticks. Like, one for movement, one for looking around. Because as it is, Dreamcast has one stick, so you can't... Like, if you want to look around, you can walk with the R trigger. You can, like... Just squeeze a little bit, and then you can take your your finger off of the D-pad, which you usually use to uh, to aim Rio. But if you if you line up a straight line, you can just walk in a straight line with R, and you can briefly use the the, the thumbstick to have him look around while you're walking. But you're gonna go in a straight line until you bump into something. There's no way to turn. But uh, that's something I'm really looking forward to is just being able to take in the scenery all that much better with the use of two two sticks. Yeah. Um, I had something neat happen when I was playing. Uh, I think I was actually jotting down a note for this, and I just was in the middle of the main street in Dubuida, and someone came on one of those little mopeds, Mm. and he stopped, and he stayed there. Mm. And I was just... Because a lot of times people will disappear, and I just let the controller sit there for hours, and he stayed there. But then, after a few hours in game time... Someone ran into me from the other side on a moped, <laughs> and because he knew he if I wasn't there, he was going to collide with the other one, the second one disappeared. The second one disappeared. The second one disappeared, but the first one didn't and stayed there. Just wiped him out of existence. <laughs> I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I like how they all refer to, like, everybody in town refers to it as that day, instead of, like, the day Rio's father died, or, or Tuesday, or whatever it was. It's just like, that day? You know? <laughs> Yeah, it's odd. Um, the first time I played this guy, I accidentally fed the kitten tofu because I wasn't sure how to choose, and, and I hit left, and it immediately chose the tofu. 
I did the the first time I played, I did the tofu, and then any time after, that, I think I've always done the the dried fish. Yeah. Well, there's no reason to do tofu once you know it's wrong. <laughs> um, another like quirky thing about this game is that the voice actors. I think the story is they just found whoever locally, besides Corey Marshall, I think who they flew in. They just found whoever could speak English locally, basically, didn't they? Like in Japan, yeah. Um, yeah to my understanding, there was a an American uh, army base there. Yeah, so and this, they get a lot of people from there. Yeah, this this results in people pronouncing the same word different ways. Like especially his name, like you get Dio, Yo, Rio. Like it's and it's because they're not native speakers, and like they're all trying to mimic what they're hearing. Like the. Uh, the Japanese pronunciation for it is kind of strange for English ears. Like, the way they pronounce their R's and their L's, they're kind of similar. Um, but they, to my understanding, in the Japanese language, they don't have an R or an L yeah. sounding. Well, it's it's like... Yeah, like, if, you, if you're going to say a word that starts with R in Japan, it, it's kind of like a mix of R and D and L all at the same time. It's like... I have to prepare my my mouth. <laughs> it's like Rio or Rio. Yeah, it's like Rio Hazuki. Like it's uh, it's just this weird tongue twister for English people. But they should have just chosen like the director should have just chosen one pronunciation and stuck with it for the whole cast. Just don't name him Rio. Name him like Kevin or no <laughs> Kevin Hazuki. No. Kevin Hazuki of the Hazuki Dojo. <laughs> I don't know about you, uh, but when I practice, once I'm to the point where I can practice in the dojo and spar with Fukusan, mm. I only do throws against him because <laughs> I can practice the hand moves and the and the kick moves mm-hmm. in the park by myself or in the parking lot. Only throw Fukusan. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing I was never sure of. If you're practicing throws by yourself, does it even? Does the meter even go up at all? You can't practice throws. You can do the motion. I'm just wondering if it counts as having practiced it. I don't think it does. Yeah. But uh, there is... You don't get to spar long enough mm. with Fukusan. You can only do it once a day, and, and it's it, for a very brief time, I think. Yeah, you, after a while he stops allowing you, which yeah. is stupid. But while he's while he allows it, I do enjoy giving him the dark side Hazuki to the back of the skull. The dark side Hazuki is the best throw move in the game. Ah, don't use that move. <laughs> <laughs> and why is it so awkward every time you end sparring? It's just a straight-on camera shot of each of their faces. Mm. That's enough for today. Thank you. <laughs> it's always something just so odd. Mm. Yeah. Um, enjoy the architecture in this game. It's like distinct, distinctly Japan. Like uh, there's aluminum sheets everywhere and metal grates and shoulder height stone walls and frosted glass and like these like gr- like just no el- no other place in the world looks like Japan. And uh, I really enjoy that. Something I noticed too, um, especially it's really apparent in Dabuida, a lot of gray, mm-hmm. and I think that's a to match what it looks like in, you know, those parts of Japan, but B, to kind of match the tone of the game, too. Yeah. Um, somber. Com- somber compared to, like, Shenmue 2, which is a much brighter and more vibrant game um, when it comes to, you know, what you're doing in China compared to what you're doing in Japan. Um, but I think I they are very distinct in the amount of color they use. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Here's a random one. I really like the drunk guy's voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> I did not encounter the drunk guy on so far on this playthrough or my last playthrough at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I always see him with his stupid yellow and green stripes. Why? <laughs> Oh, oh, hold on. Are we talking about the drunk guy with the QTE or no. the drunk guy that just stumbles? The stumbly guy. Oh, he's the hilarious. The guy was like, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm just fine and dandy. Okay. He's the best voice actor in the game. Sorry, Gordon. Yes. <laughs> Please be on our podcast at some point in the future. <laughs> uh, Honey Sun. Is she the wife of Tom? Are they just dating? Are they brother, sister? Like, what? what's going on there? <laughs> and why is she only out at night? She's a vampire. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's not us. She's working the streets. Oh, jeez. On the hot dog cart. <laughs> um, did you buy Wang a drink? Yeah. He's so annoying. Doesn't he ask multiple times? I was asked twice so far in my yeah. playthrough. Yeah. He's only asked me once, but yeah. I remember in past playthroughs, he's asked me multiple times. I'm just like, you friggin' mooch. <laughs> like, What'd you buy him? I always buy... Anytime I get anything from the machine, it's always uh, hot coffee. <laughs> really? Just because I want to be able to get that here <laughs> in, in the North America. Like, if, if you could get coffee, hot coffee in a can from a vending machine, I'd be doing it all the time. It seems like a great way to burn your hand. <laughs> I think they just keep it warm, not scalding. But. Um, I buy them the uh, blue can. I can't remember what it is. I think it's just soda water. Jet soda. Yeah, it's like unflavored soda water. <laughs> I The second time he actually asked me, I didn't have the money to buy him what? anything. I spent all of my money at the casino. <laughs> so I was actually on my way back to go home and save for the day. Mm. And he asked me to buy him a drink, and I could not because I was poor. Womp womp. That's okay, though. You know where to go with his help, <laughs> I'm sure. He's just a mooch. Yeah. Um... There's a Heaven Dragon Earth Comrade scroll in the altar room in your house, which I never noticed until this playthrough, actually. So that's like a clue to later. Page two. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much burned through my notes, but I do have one very interesting thing, so we'll we'll keep going through your notes, and then okay, we'll, we'll... write it down so you don't forget. Oh, it, it's in my mind. Okay. Matt's uh, cat just came in here, too. Oh, hi, kitty. Um, there's, a, there's a move scroll in a laundry basket that's pretty interesting in uh, interesting place for it to be in the home. Uh, I think that one took me a few playthroughs to find as well. It's like in a back hallway that just connects two rooms. I missed it. Um, I knew there was one more in the house, and I actually had to look it up in a player's guide to remember where it was, and it was the one that was in the basket in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, I always do the... Like, I always find I always find that. I always find the mysterious key and stuff, and, like, I always do the key and the sword and the slot and the dojo early, before way before I'm supposed to, but you get stuck until, you, until later in the game, but you can go so far with it. But, um, Did you ever go to Lapis? Uh, is that the fortune teller? Yeah. Yeah, I went there like once, one time, <laughs> I think. I did it too. I was came up with the idea that I was going to try to get one of those ticket rewards at the casino. Mm. And I went to get my fortune told, and it was number two, which is a one bet machine. So it's impossible. You need it to be one of the high bets mm. to make any impact, right? Oh, okay. And then she wouldn't tell me the gamble after that. Hmm. <laughs> It t- I went day and day and day and day and day, and then she eventually said number six, I think it was. Um, but she uh, she would not tell me. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't spend a lot of time in in the slot house or at the fortune teller. But uh, there's a dead end 
in um, Sakuragaoka, I guess, is it? Uh, where just past the construction site where you can go like up, turn up left and go up a little hill and then it's just a dead end. Nothing ever happens up there, does it? I don't think so at all. It's weird. That's just this w- little area with nothing. But um, You can also play pool in one of these things, uh, which, again, that took me a few, few playthroughs to find, and I'm really bad at it. I did not, in this playthrough or the last one, have to pl- shoot, those, shoot the shot that those guys asked you to make to give you the info. I haven't... Really? Yeah. They just gave it to you, or what? No, I didn't have that situation at all. Oh yeah, well, it's it's not necessary. Like there's multiple ways to find the information you're looking for and that's just one of them. So if you found it some other way it would have you wouldn't have I think they just you asked them where sailors are. So if you find out for somebody else then yeah, you don't need to talk to them. Um I think the first time I the heartbeats bar fight thing, that took me forever to find like in my first playthrough because it's down that little alley. Same so here. I didn't notice it. Uh, one big regret I have about this game is that you can't eat in restaurants. You can go into the restaurant, you can suffer through the load time to get into the restaurant, and then you can talk to, like, one or two people in there and probably get nothing for, like... Like, there's sushi restaurants and ramen restaurants, and as far as I know, there's, like, no useful info in them. There's, like, the Ajichi Chinese restaurant, which is good, but, like... If they're going to allow you to go in there, I think I wish they would have just upped the, the immersion level and allowed you to take a break and eat. Like, yeah, I'll have some sushi, I'll have some meat ramen, just yum nom nom, a little cutscene. Just like drinking, you know, like, why not? Good. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go to Mampukukin Ramen and mm. have, a, have a nice bowl of ramen. Um, you, excuse me, you mentioned the sushi bar. Mm-hmm. Um, in the English version, I don't think there's anything meaningful that happens in that sushi bar whatsoever. Mm. But in the Japanese version, if you go on a specific day at a specific time and there's another event that you have to have done first, the guy that's on the batteries, um, the battery package, the president of Saget that time, you can have not a QTE, but you walk in and have a conversation, then he runs away. (laughs) But it's only in the Japanese version. They took it out of the... uh, That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Is it, like, supposed to be a tie-in to the, the What's Shenmue disc? It's the guy from What's Shenmue, mm. um, but I don't know... Uh, mm. I think it's just, like, a little comedy scene that they put in. <laughs> One of those hard-to-find things, kind of like the, the duck race and yeah. Shenmue, too. Um, Shenmue HD. Uh, here's a couple random notes about that. If they did have to take out the product placement, would you miss it? I wouldn't. If it meant getting the game... They're taking out Jet Cola? No, like, if they took a, if <laughs> That was a joke, yeah, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would miss Jet Cola. If, if they took out Timex and all that stuff, like, would you even care if you got the game, but then take that out? I wouldn't. No, I don't think it would matter. Um, I mean, I've played the uh, new version of Crazy Taxi, and yeah. I wasn't taking people to KFC anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I think is Timex. I'd like to see that one stay. Mm. Um, but, I mean, in North America, we didn't get Coca-Cola. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of them are very easy fixes. Um, like, for example, in the second one, Hitachi, um, for the tape recorder. Yeah. You can slap another name on that tape recorder. Yeah. Um, a lot of it would be easy to do. The Sapporo machines, mm-hmm. slap a logo, slap a jet, green Jet Cola logo on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would necessarily miss them. 
Yeah. Uh, another thing I'd like to see in a Shenmue HD is uh, when you're when it's raining, I'd like to see the clothes get that wet effect. That'd be neat. I did notice in the original Shenmue, when it's raining, if you somehow get a camera angle close to the ground, I don't know how this happened, if it was during a cutscene or something, but uh, if you get the camera close enough to the ground, you do see the raindrops on the ground. So that was pretty advanced for the time. It's also neat if you're under a canopy. It doesn't rain. Oh, really? Nice. Also, uh, something I noticed that was pretty neat, while I was between those two mopeds stopped on the road... The bakery that mm-hmm. has the French flag on the outside of it, mm-hmm. when it was closing time, that guy actually walked into the bakery. It showed him, I could see him through the window in the store. Oh, really? Then he turns off the light, then he leaves. Nice. And I thought, I never actually witnessed that because a lot of the businesses don't have windows, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very, very neat. Yeah. That'd be neat if they could uh, take out the, the separate locations in a Shenmue HD, like. Just have seamless going into a business, and that like that's all one of one loading area. But I doubt they could fix that. But um, yeah, it might be tricky with the different music and stuff. Mm. Uh, I appreciate the, the signage, all the Japanese signage in this game more than I used to because I've been learning a little bit Japanese, and I love that they kept it Japanese. Like they didn't translate it in the English English version. They didn't turn it to to English characters. So I'm enjoying trying to read everything. <laughs> with my limited Japanese language knowledge. Um, I ran into Eri, Nozomi's friend, and I think this is the first time I've ever had this cutscene where she asked about Ryo's feelings for Nozomi, and she got really mad at Ryo when he was clueless, like super mad at him. I don't and, think I've ever had that happen. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I've, had that happen either. I legit have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a girl named Eri, and I don't, know, I don't know if I've ever talked to her before, but yeah, it was new to me. Um... <laughs> There's a weird thing that happens with some of these characters during cutscenes where they, if you come up at them on the right angle or the wrong angle, uh, they they turn to look at you, but they only bend at the waist, and they they like they're like hunched over, and their waist is like just completely twisted around, and it looks so unnatural and funny. But <laughs> um, oh, the yakuza, the, the yakuza guys don't seem that bad, except for the doorman. He's a jerk. But everybody inside. They're all like nice, and they're giving Rio advice and stuff. They're like, hey, "Just keep out of trouble, kid, and it's rough around here, and all that stuff." Like, what part are you talking about? Uh, there's something industries, Nagai industries, or something. Oh, okay, yeah, right in the start of the Buddha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys, yeah. The, the, like people warn you about that place, but when you go in there, they're all nice to you, <laughs> except for the guy at the door. Um, Kazuma there? Nope. <laughs> Oh, that's something else Saga did. Just go going back to, you know, what we waited for. Saga has managed to pump out 14 Yakuza games. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't Shenmue have that? Yeah, we'll, we'll I think we'll talk about compare Yakuza mm. in a in a future episode. But yeah, 14 of them people. Yep. Uh one of the one of the hardest things to find I found in the Hazuki home was a picture of the Hazuki family that's inside Ine-san's vanity. It's like a little vanity that's like knee-high. So you have to like zoom in right down to the drawer. And it doesn't look like you should be able to, but you can open that drawer and there's a photo of the Hazuki family and you can steal it from her. <laughs> um, well, I mean, she's a housekeeper. She's slowly stealing. I guess in the <laughs> 80s it probably would have been VHS to mm-hmm. slowly amass her own collection. Yeah. Uh... 
I had another in, uh, conversation with her that I hadn't noticed before where she said that Nomaka-san, your karate instructor, is worried about you. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? Nomaka-san, my karate instructor. I thought my dad was my karate instructor. But I guess it's probably for, like, the school has an official, you know, like, karate course, so it's probably that guy. But uh, I always crack up when Nozomi has the conversation mm-hmm. about, what school have you picked? <laughs> I don't know, but it'll have karate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you leave early in the morning, there's always a cat near the Hazuki door, the entrance to your, uh, to your um, dwelling. And I always liked seeing him in the morning on my first few playthroughs. I was like, oh, there's that, there's that cat. I like him. He does have a name. I can't remember it. Mm. Um, well, all the, all the cats are named. All the animals, right? You can actually, and there's still a way to do it, people. Um, you can actually get the uh, action figure for that cat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult um, because you used to get it through the Shenmue Passport disc, obviously. It yeah. doesn't work anymore. But if you use a Game Shark, uh, you can actually get all of the items, and it actually includes all of them. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly hard to get the Game Shark codes to work. Yeah. I've only ever gotten that one and the maxed out all the stats for your moves one to work. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, while I was waiting for Charlie, waiting to meet Charlie, uh, you can finally just talk to folks in town. Like without asking them a specific question. Like I love, I love that time. Like where Rio had nothing to do but wait for Charlie. So if you talk to people, he's just like, "Hey, how are you? How's business or whatever?" And I'm like, so you actually get to learn about folks and you hear hear new things. Uh, one guy, I talked to like the fish guy, and he started talking about taking care of Ine-san, and he seemed very interested in how Ine-san was doing. He's like, "Give her a back rub sometime and stuff." And I'm like, "Whoa, guy!" <laughs> like. He's got a little uh, fixation on Ine-san, the fish guy. I can't remember his name, but uh, yeah, you don't you don't know that stuff usually because you're always like, hey, do you know where this is? You know, heard of this guy or whatever. Did you actually meet Charlie? Uh, well, I mean, he ambushed me at the U arcade. No, sorry. I would. My cat is ripping stuff. Go away, cat. <laughs> um, he the cat landed on his feet there. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't actually encounter Charlie whatsoever. Oh, really? Nope, because when I uh, got to the part where you're about to encounter Charlie, I had missed him the day before um, at the U-Arcade, so I had to wait the day, Mm. and I took the uh, scroll to the antique shop, Mm -hmm. and if she reads that before you meet Charlie, you skip that entire scene. Oh, talking about speaking to everybody in town like it just amazes me how much work must have gone into like recording these lines and writing these lines like every like at every point in this game you're looking for a different thing uh you've got something else to ask people about and they had to record a new line for every single npc to have in reaction in in reaction to your unique question that you're going to come up with them so, like, most things, most lines you'll never hear because you'll ask a few people, then somebody will give the information you want. But everybody in the game had something to say about that that thing you were wondering about. And, like, they all have their own, like, takes on it. It might, it might be influenced by something in their life or something. Like, it's just the amount of, of work that probably went into that is mind-boggling. But And when you think about it, there's even more because everyone has a line about it. 
But then everyone also has, if you ask again, yeah, they say something, there's another kind of rebuttal to kind of move you on your way, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They'll have more than one line about that thing. Um, <laughs> so when you're talking to somebody and they ask Rio something or he just immediately opens up without them saying anything with... Uh, it's nothing, I'll come again, or something like that. It feels like I'm forcing Ryo to do something that he doesn't want to do. It's like, he's like, he's like, he's like being forced to go over towards this person. He's like, no, I don't want to talk to this person. No, I don't want to talk to this person. And then you press the button, he's like, uh, it, it's nothing, I'll come again. It's like, why did you go over there, Ryo? It's like, some force made me. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, definitely there is some dialogue that just, from D- Dio, that, uh, <laughs> Sounds awkward. Mm-hmm. Somehow I missed helping the old lady find the Tanakas or something. Uh, the, the I didn't do that this playthrough either. I've got it every other time except this one. I don't know why. I'm how I missed it. Maybe I spent too much time at home on the first day or something. It's uh, interesting though that we can miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that I missed for the first time here was the two school punks outside of Tomato Convenience Store. I didn't run into them at all, and I also didn't run into them in the park uh, hassling Nozomi. That isn't disc one, I don't think. Oh, it's it's d- different disc. Different but I wonder disc. if I'll if I'll miss it now that I've missed that first one. Where I never... I, this was the first time I didn't run into them outside Tomato Convenience oh. either. Hmm. But I did run into them. Um, go, they were walking towards the restaurant behind you arcade and i had a conversation with one of them um and he just told me to like kiss off or something whatever weird thing they say or i better watch out or something mm-hmm. um but once i got there i was like wait a second i haven't had the the encounter with them yet mm. um there's somebody I, I i never asked about chinese before uh in any other playthrough like yamagishi-san he apparently learned chinese in the war like that's one of those things where like they took into his back his backstory into account and wrote this specific thing for him to say if you asked him about Chinese. Uh, I'm just wondering how many things I missed. I want to hear them all. <laughs> um, Alright, do this one. So yeah, it's just it's just crazy that I'm still hearing new voice over years later. Uh, and I think that's part of the design of this this game where. We're talking about something that we didn't do this time, or that we did this time that we hadn't encountered. Every playthrough that you have is different mm-hmm. because it literally, if you wanted to have the same playthrough, you would need to do the same things on the same day, and you need to ask the same question to the same person. Yeah. But there's so many NPCs. Yeah. And again, kind of digging into their backstory, they might have something like the kid that you save from getting beat up by the the punks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you later on, if you see him outside of uh, just past, just before you arcade, you know you find out that he's Chinese, mm-hmm. um, and his grandmother runs the antique store. Yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah, this time. Yeah. Did you find the scrolls right away there? Uh, the move scrolls in the antique shop. No, I know they're there, but I looked around and I was like, "Where the hell are they?" I thought they were in here. They're right on the shelf. Yeah, I checked. That. I thought I saw them, but those are one thing that this time I bought them right away. I, I specifically looked for them. I'm like, there's scrolls in the shop. I know there is, and then I didn't see them. I don't know why. Um, oh, th- speaking of that uh, fight at the construction site with the little Chinese kid, uh, the guy from the 70 man boss battle, the guy, the first mini boss with the board, he shows up there, right? Yep. In this, that's yeah, his the first guy with appearance. the long hair and the green mm. jacket. Yeah. Um, and then I noticed that when mention of the harbor was 
first uh, came up in this playthrough, I, I noticed that he said Amihama, and I, I was like, oh, they never refer to it as Amihama ever again. Like, it's in the Amihama section or region or whatever. So I'm gonna, I'm probably going to look that place up and do some Google Street View of Amihama later. <laughs> um, you just literally find Tom's hot dog cart. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Tom conveniently moves to the harbor when you go. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to fleece you for hot dog money. <laughs> and then if you go back to, to Del Buita, isn't he there too? Or is, he, is he in both places? Or he's, oh, he's wherever you are? He's essentially wherever you are, I yeah. think. He's always in Dubuita. He just, like, hooks his van up to the back of the bus and just, like, goes with you. Um, oh, and my last note is that this is the first time I've ever done this. I finished disc one, and then I popped out the disc before creating a new start save file. So I have to replay the last day. Because, uh, like, it's it says, uh, you, t- you get it on the bus, you drive off, and it says end of disc one or whatever. And it's like, and I didn't read it fully this time. And I just assume it's like put in disc two. So I popped it open. I was like, put in disc two. And I'm like, I was supposed to create a uh, disc two save uh, start file. Wasn't I? (laughs) And I was like, damn it. (laughs) So I have to play, I have to replay the final day of disc one. That's all my notes. What was that thing that you were saving? That was the Charlie thing. Oh, Um, I didn't encounter him at all. And I thought that was the first time that's ever happened to me. Um, and I thought it was odd that that was something that I could skip, hmm. whether it be intentional or unintentional. But um, I didn't uh, didn't get jumped by him. Well, so that was pretty thorough for uh, for disc one. I don't think I'll be as thorough on disc two because a lot of the stuff I wrote down was like overall kind of about the first. Yeah, game. having to do with like just the atmosphere of the game and what's what playing it is like. But I'm sure next time it'll be more specific to disc two. Um, so you have any final thoughts or um, regarding disc one? Uh, good introduction to the story. Um, I like the pace of it. I think it's very deliberate mm-hmm. um, to kind of get you going and introducing the allowance, the QTE, um, getting you to talk to people, um, helping the older lady, uh, Miss Tanaka, mm-hmm. uh, finding her residence, get you reading signs. Yeah. Um, introducing that to you. Unless you skip it like we did. <laughs> yeah. She can find her own way home. <laughs> Get Ines on to Albro. That's what we're paying her for, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, those are our thoughts on disc one. Uh, join us uh, next week. Or not next time. We'll have that out. Uh, join us next episode where we'll be going over disc two of Shemu One. Uh, we will be talking about our thoughts on the Kickstarter. So what we liked, what we didn't like, our hopes, our dreams, Shenmue 4, Shenmue 5. Uh, so just a few housekeeping items we want to talk about. Uh, to anyone that listened to episode 1, thank you. Um, this episode will be uh, posted on SoundCloud as well. Once we get episode 3 uh, completed, we will be uh, hopefully hosting it on iTunes and a few other spots. Uh, make sure to check out our uh, Facebook page. Uh, it is Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Um, leave any uh, comments, complaints, threats, feedback. Um, if you have any information about where we could find sailors, uh, <laughs> and we do have an email address as well. It is ShenmueAM2Podcast at gmail.com If you want to shoot us a line, if you have any ideas for episodes, we'd love to hear them. Mm-hmm. Um, feedback, feedback for podcasts is great because. A lot of the time it just feels like you're sending thoughts out into the void, but when you get feedback on specific things, it kind of makes it worth it. And if you would like to see the podcast 
Uh, anywhere else outside of, you know, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, drop us a line. We'd love to accommodate you. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor. Dart7. No, good. Or, if you prefer, Dart7. That's the way. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>